This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 62nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great. How are you, Cameron? I'm just fine. Just fine? Just fine. <laughs> it's good to hear. Only just fine. Okay. Uh, no, I'm actually doing quite well because we got to watch Mizzou basketball again. And I've decided I could watch Mizzou basketball, just show me Mizzou basketball games 24-7. I would be very happy. Like and against a different opponent, like every two I or three hours? I don't even or? really... They could play the same opponent if it was a different game. That'd be fine. Gotcha. So just a 24-hour marathon all the time. Yes. And I want like Google glasses or something or like special contact lenses that have a little screen in them. So I can just interact with everybody, but it, I can still see the game happening in my vision 24-7. That sounds awesome, actually. I would and enjoy that as well. It'd be better if they were always against overmatched teams. Like maybe throw in a competitive game every five or six games, but I'll take blowouts all the time. So you enjoyed last night. I did. <laughs> I did. But we'll talk about that more later because we have... Actually, we have no news to talk about, so we can just jump right into basketball. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, Kyle, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about last night's game? Do you want? We should probably finish our basketball preview since the game since the season's already started. Yes. And we didn't finish our basketball preview. Yeah, let's do that. So let's go over the schedule, and we're gonna say quickly if we think <clears throat> Missouri will win or lose the games on their schedule. And I thought it would be fun to pull up the website barttorvik.com for those of you who don't know it's a really cool analytics website for college basketball and you can actually go through and pick the wins and losses for a team's schedule and it will project the NCAA tournament field for you and so I think we're going to each say if we think they're going to win or lose and then I'll plot our predictions separately and then we'll see where Mizzou would fare at the end of the season Cool, based on what we say. That sounds good. And we're cheating because we already know that they beat Incarnate Word. So we already... Were you going to predict a loss? I... You never know. But I'm glad I don't have to think about it now. True. So we'll start it with the home game that happens tomorrow night against Northern Kentucky. We won't get too into the details because we'll preview Northern Kentucky here momentarily. I'll just go ahead and say I'm predicting a win. I'll predict a close win. Is that too many details for? Yeah. That, okay. I'm sorry. A win. No details. A win. Please. We're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll win. You can give two percent <laughs> more details on what you think will happen on the road matchup against Xavier. Close win. Oh my gosh! I'm picking a loss. And then Missouri is back at home for back-to-back. Quadrant four games against Wofford and Moorhead State. Win and a win. I would agree with you there. In that order. Oh. 
then a neutral site game in the what's it called Hall of Fame Classic against Butler. I'm gonna say that's a loss. Okay, I'm gonna predict a win, and I'm actually gonna predict a win in their next game against Oklahoma. I think they finally get over the hump. They've won the first game of these little semifinal final tournaments the last few years. I think they're going to finally get over the hump and win the whole thing. Win both? Yep. Then they come back home and play Charleston Southern. So if they lose to Butler, who do they play? This Either Oklahoma or Stanford? I think. Okay. So who do I do I predict them? Do I, I guess w- predict what they would do against Stanford. Okay. I'll say that's a win. Okay. I have to add those in at the end. Uh, back home against Charleston Southern, I'm predicting a win. Same. At Temple. Temple famously came to Mizzou Arena and upset the Tigers last year. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a loss. Okay. That's, uh, that's going to be a tough one. I'm going to say Missouri gets revenge. Then back home against Southern Illinois. Uh, that'll be a win. That will be a win. I concur. Then, neutral site game in St. Louis against Illinois. Hmm. Illinois did not have a good first game of the season. I'm convinced <clears throat> that it does not matter how good the teams are, like, f- for the whole season. This game's always close. I'll predict a win. I'll probably predict a win against Illinois every time for the rest of eternity. I like that. So That's a good idea. I'm going to go with a win. Cool. Then back home against Chicago State. Uh, that's a win. I agree. Now we have entered conference play. SEC conference action. Kyle, you've got them with... Ten non-conference wins. What is that, ten and two? Ye- ten and two. I foolishly have them at 11 and 1. 11 and 1, yes. Wow. Would we have picked those games the same way if we hadn't seen them play last night? Probably. <laughs> um I would cons- I would be more willing to go along with you and predict a loss against Butler or I, I, think I probably should have just picked a win against Butler and then a loss against Oklahoma or something like that. Yeah, I think... Uh, but I, like I said, I'm never going to pick them to lose to Illinois. Between Xavier, Temple, and then the two games they'll play in the whatever classic, it would be awesome to see them go 3-1 and one in those games, but I think I'd be satisfied with 2-2, two and two, depending on how they go. Are you saying that... Are you assuming a win against Illinois? In that yeah, I guess you could throw that one in there too, um, but yeah, because that's also kind of I would consider that also a swing game. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we know Missouri has been picked by the SEC media to finish thirteenth. They've been picked by more of the local media to finish middle of the road, sixth to eighth. Now we get to decide what we think, and they start out with a pretty tough matchup on the road at Kentucky, and I'm. 
going to have that down as a loss. Yeah, me too. Kentucky looked uh, really good against Michigan State, so Kentucky is probably going to be ranked number one. Then a lot of people are predicting Tennessee to be down this year. Some people think they'll just keep it rolling, uh, but Missouri gets them at home, so a big benefit there. I think they'll win that. I'm going to have that as a win as well. Then a really tough home matchup against Florida. I'm pretty high on Florida. I actually think they'll win the SEC. Um, I don't think Missouri can beat them even though it's at home. I agree. I think that's a loss. I think the Florida-Kentucky matchups this year are going to be... It's going to be fun. Yeah. Back-to-back road games at Mississippi State and Alabama. Did Alabama pull that one out, or did they lose? They lost to Pennsylvania, but yeah. I think Penn's a, a decent team. It's not the worst loss ever, but still, probably one they should have won. I'm going to have, unfortunately, Missouri dropping both of these road games for three losses in a row. I'll say they lose at Mississippi State and beat Alabama. Then back home against Texas A&M. That's a win. I agree. Then a random non-conference game because the Big 12 (coughs) SEC challenge has to take place. And they go at West Virginia. That'll be tough. Um, I think they'll lose that one. I agree with you there. So we're nearing the final stretch here and we have a home matchup against georgia georgia's gonna be uh, they're kind of i don't know man they're they're like a huge question mark they have a fantastic recruiting class coming in um, but they weren't good last year Uh, but they've got a good coach in tom crean so i don't know what to expect from georgia but i think missouri will win that one at home i have it as a win as well i would not be surprised at all if georgia surpasses all expectations and is like a tournament bubble team this year. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I think, is the real deal at point guard for them. He can score any way he chooses. Back-to-back road games against South Carolina and Texas A&M. Uh, these two teams are going to be kind of weird to watch this year. I, I could see them kind of floundering and being towards the bottom of the conference i could also just see them just kind of hanging out in that nine eight nine ten range at the end of the year yeah i think missouri will finish ahead of both of these teams in the standings for sure but playing them on the road you just have no idea what's going to happen um i'll admittedly say i don't know much about south south carolina i just don't know much about what they have returning um but i i think missouri will split these games um, I just don't know which one. So I'll, I'll say they uh, also they beat South Carolina and lose to A&M on the road. That sounds about right. I think A&M's coach, Buzz Williams, is yeah. that his name? Yeah, I mean, it might take them a couple years to, to kind of rebound, but I think he's going to be really good there. I'm just going to copy your answers and say the same thing. Then... A home game against Arkansas, and kind of like the matchup against Illinois, I'm just going to predict Missouri to always beat Arkansas in Columbia. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Then they play at LSU, and LSU lost a lot of guys, but 
and had some turmoil in the off season, but it didn't stop Will Wade from bringing in some recruits, and they're going to have a good team again. Didn't stop Will Wade from being the coach there? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say it's a loss. I agree with you there. Then uh, back-to-back home games against Auburn and Ole Miss. Now, Auburn, many are expecting to have a pretty big drop-off from their uh, Final Four run, so... You never know, though. I mean, I got to admit, Bruce Pearl is a fantastic basketball coach, and I don't know. I I still think Missouri wins this game at home, but I just feel like the floor for Auburn in any given season, now that Bruce Pearl is established as the head coach there, the floor for them is like eight conference wins. Yeah, I agree. I I think Missouri's going to lose that game just from, I don't know, bullet gun to your head prediction but i mean a lot of stuff could change between now and then um and then what was the other one Ole miss at home Ole miss at home. i'll say that's a win yeah i'm gonna have that as a win as well then missouri travels to arkansas and it just always kind of feels like yeah missouri's gonna lose that game i, I it, it seemed doesn't feel like it would matter if missouri was undefeated number one team in the country I would be scared when they travel to Fayetteville. Yeah, uh, the Razorbacks play really well at home, so I'll say it's a loss. But first Seems season like for new head coach Eric Musselman. That's true, and but I think he could be very good there yeah. in the long run. But uh, it seems like Missouri's been close to be knocking them off um, the last couple of years, but just haven't been able to, to get it done. Whether it's true or not, Arkansas notoriously gets friendly home whistles, so... Uh, then Missouri has their most winnable road game of the year when they travel to Vanderbilt and play on that horrendous basketball court that they have there. <laughs> so awful. Uh, yeah, I'll say they win that one. Okay. I'll have to agree with you there. Then they come back home for Mississippi State. And it seems like Mississippi State has given Missouri trouble um, since they've joined the SEC. I don't know. It's without mm. watching them play. I'll know a lot more about this team by the time this February 29th matchup rolls around. Yeah. But right now, I just feel like that's the type of home game that Missouri loses. Yeah, I was actually leaning towards that um, as well. So I'm, I'm going to predict they lose that game. I think I've probably been a little optimistic. So just for, if anything, just, just a, little, a, little, a little balance. Bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then a road game at Ole Miss. I'll say they lose that. Me too. The fun thing about this is I'm like, I have no track. You're like, I feel like I've been being optimistic. And yeah, me too. I, I couldn't tell you how many wins I have them at right now. Yeah. Uh, finish up the season at home against Alabama. I'm going to have that as a win. I agree. So I think you've got them sweeping Alabama mm-hmm. home and away. Now, we do have to let the listeners know that barttorvik.com is very high on missouri and because it's all analytics based but he the owner of the site has acknowledged that they are not going to be as good most likely as his analytics have them pegged in the preseason they were the number 14 team in the country and he, he but he also said he feels like they're more like he wouldn't be surprised if they were in the mid 20s yeah. at the end of the season which is just fantastic to hear even Kim Pom wasn't it was high on them but not that high yeah they're around 40th in Kim Pom 
Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, when you look at it, <clears throat> Mark Smith and Drew Smith are, as we've, I think, used the term analytical darlings. Um, and, you know, Missouri has multiple pretty decently high recruits that um, are just progressing another year in the system. And, you know, with Jeremiah Tillman and Torrance Watson and some of those guys. So the analytics just love um, high recruits being in the program yeah. for, for a couple Top of years. Top 100 so. guys that stick around. Yeah. All right, so your overall record. Oops, I forgot to add in those tournament games. Aren't you glad your name isn't Bart? Bart Torvik? Yes. <laughs> all right, so when it's all said and done, Kyle, you have the Missouri Tigers in 2020, finishing with a record of 19 and 12 overall and 9 and 9 in the SEC. You've got them going three and eight against quadrant one opponents, four and six against quadrant two, and then a combined ten and zero against three and four. Mm, that probably won't happen. You think they'll drop a quadrant three game? I don't know. Probably. Point? That'd be course. something like losing to Alabama at home. Uh, uh, no, actually, be... more like. Well, it'll just kind of depend on how things. Losing to Northern Kentucky at home. Losing to Northern Kentucky at home would be a quadrant three loss. You are correct. Um, but there are some. I'm trying to find a good example here. Vanderbilt on the road. That'd be quadrant three. Yeah. I think. Well, that's how it. That's how Bart Torvik has sees it in the preseason. Yeah. yeah. I have them with basically the extra win coming in the Hall of Fame Classic. I've got them at twenty and eleven, nine and nine in conference. But holy cow, uh, not. Different path. Not a very balanced uh, schedule here as far as the wins and losses go. I've got them two and ten against quadrant run one opponents, and then eighteen and one against everybody else. Wow. So yeah, probably not going to happen. <laughs> but now let's see what they think NCAA tournament wise. Now keep in mind this started them in the preseason at the fourteenth best team. So with your schedule, they would finish with the with a ranking of 45th, and they would be a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. I could live with that. That's pretty. That's pretty bubbly. Yeah. So it would kind of be a stressful selection Sunday. Mm -hmm. Now I don't really know how this makes sense, but I guess racking up quadrant two wins is the way to go here <laughs> because or it, not losing game not losing bad games maybe yeah i think you're right um they're th ranked 31st in my simulation and an eight seed in the ncaa tournament that one win makes a big difference well yeah and you do have them losing no we both got them undefeated quadrant three and four Yeah. I must like Butler. I guess. Butler in Oklahoma. So um, I did a little experiment earlier on this same website, and I just uh, had them win all their Quadrant 1, 2, and 3 games and then lose the Quadrant 4 games. There's only five of them. And they could go... They could go seventeen and one 
according to this, in the SEC. But if they lost those Quadrant 4 games, they would be out of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually something I was curious about was, is it more detrimental to lose to a bad team than it is beneficial to beat a good team? According to this simulation, <clears throat> that's definitely the case. Interesting. But I would be absolutely thrilled with just making the NCAA tournament at all. Yeah, I agree. I, just something about being in the field. Yep. I don't really care. I mean, I care. Having a reason seed, to watch Selection Sunday other than just being excited for the bracket. There's really, I mean, for how big of a college basketball, for how big of a Mizzou basketball fan I am, there's really nothing much better than seeing Missouri be a part of Selection Sunday. Just seeing the little Tiger logo next to a number, yeah. seeing who they're going to play. Yeah, I think just the NCAA tournament is probably the single best like sporting event and at least in my opinion or one of the most exciting you know the first like the opening day the first two opening days are so much fun and to have your team be a part of it is just a lot of fun so we both have them around 20 wins or so and around we both have them at nine wins in conference i would say eight nine ten is completely reasonable yeah where do you see their floor this season we know they're not going to go winless because they beat incarnate word yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to say like a record yeah. um, is the floor, but <clears throat> I think that it is it is in the realm of possibility that they finish 12th or 13th in the SEC. Maybe they have an injury. Um, and they, they definitely dealt with that last year with Mark Smith getting hurt and Pickett kind of getting hurt towards the end of the year. Um, you know, maybe Tillman goes down or something. You know, obviously I don't want to think about that, but that's it's definitely something that could happen. Um, but assuming good health. Oh, assuming good health. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I'd say probably 11 to 12th in the SEC is probably the floor. Yeah, I always like to, uh, last year I kind of was looking at uh, seasons from the past seven or eight years, almost 10 years ago. And when Missouri wins 9, 10, 11 games in the non-conference, the worst they do is... You know, they're really on pace to win about 20 games. Mm -hmm. If they're on the low end of that, nine wins like they were last year, then you probably can't expect them to get that close to 20. When they are when they get over that hump, though, and they're closer to 11 wins in the non-conference, you can pretty much expect them to win 20 games. Yeah. And during the Kim Anderson <clears throat> years, they were winning six or seven games in the non-conference, and then not even winning six or seven games in conference play. So really, if they just take care of business in the non-conference and only drop, you know... Two or three games. Two or three games, yeah. And they're, and they're, it sets up to where they really should only be losing to Xavier or Illinois or West Virginia. Um, I think them losing to Temple last year made perfect sense when you look at how the how the rest of the season went them losing that type of game this year maybe that's you should consider that a red flag and maybe they're looking at closer to closer to a season like last year 15 wins than 20 that we think they're capable of so keep that in mind in the first month of the season uh even though teams can change a lot throughout the course of the season a loss is still a loss that's still going to impact the record at the end of the year. So 
just watch for those type of losses to creep up if you think that Missouri is going to win more than 20 games. And then as far as their ceiling this season, I think it's conceivable but very unlikely that they could go undefeated in non-conference play. Teams, Missouri teams have done that before and then still been around 500 in conference play. So, yeah, there's no there's no game where it's just a certain loss. <clears throat> All the there's some tough road games for sure. Um, the toughest maybe being at West Virginia, but um, I, I think Missouri, the way they play defense and um, just the, the, the manner in which they play, I think is going to keep them in pretty much every game, um, at least on paper. Yeah. So I yeah, agree. I, I think it's possible. Yeah, and there's not a there's not a game that jumps out at you kind of like uh, last year at Iowa at Iowa State. It was kind of like okay, yeah, this we, is probably not going to go yeah, well. I think we knew that going in for um, sure. In years past, they would play like at Arizona or something. And you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, this is probably not going to go. Especially well. in the Cam Anderson years. Exactly. And there's just not that type of game on this list, as far as we can tell right now. Sure. I think in. In conference play, as far as the ceiling goes, um, I, I think I could see Missouri finishing as high as third or fourth. I mean, obviously Kentucky and Florida are probably going to be one and two. But after that, there, there's so little margin for error. Like, you know, winning an, an extra game or two, having just a couple of calls at the end of the game go your way or whatever it is, um, can, can seriously be the difference between getting third place and ninth place. It, some of those, the middle of the pack is, is just always that like dense. Yeah, Ken Palm in their preseason projections has one, two, three, four, five teams finishing 10 and eight. Yeah. And Missouri is one of them. Yeah, so going 11 and seven could be seriously, uh, the difference between 11 and seven and like, I don't know. Eight ten, and 10. Eight and 10, yeah, yeah, would be massive. Or 10 and eight. Right. <laughs> but oh well yeah uh, sorry I, w- I didn't quite get where you were going with that I thought you meant it's still true though just a few games going the wrong way right and you drop down to eight and ten and you're in the bottom half of the oh league. yeah exactly yeah uh any other specific thoughts about the schedule what do you just have any thoughts in general about how Missouri scheduled team t- scheduled teams this year I think the non-conference is pretty tough, <clears throat> and I, I think even Conzo Martin has come out and, and said something to address that. that there, there's some pretty tough road games in the non-conference that's probably not ideal, um, that they're playing as many as they are. But um, And not to say that those, those games don't matter, but um, I think the, the conference portion is, is definitely the, the meat and potatoes, if you will, of, of the schedule, and so those, those kind of games on the road or, or tune-ups and, and games to get guys in those high-pressure situations and um, hopefully can can get them uh, kind of ready for conference play, I guess. Yeah, and they do balance it out with really two absolute cupcakes, Incarnate Word, who they just played, and then they play Chicago State. Yeah, it's almost like they don't have a ton of competitive home games. I mean, Northern Kentucky might be one of the better home games in the non-conference. Actually, yeah, I think... Uh, they they play Wofford, who is about that same caliber team, in my opinion. Yeah. But still, they should they should win both of those games. We'll get to Northern Kentucky here shortly, but yeah, I, I definitely wish one of those games on the road was was at home, just to give I don't know the team yeah. a competitive game at home. Yeah. 
All right, so moving on from the schedule, if you didn't hear uh, last week's episode, uh, we previewed all the players and we talked about what we expect from them. And now we get to do a fun thing and have a little three-on-three draft of out of just Mizzou players. And then we'll put it up to Twitter to see who you guys think has the best uh, three-on-three team. We're not picking a bench spot. This is gonna go pretty quickly. Producer Cameron's gonna flip a coin and one of us will pick and then the next person will get two picks in a row and then two picks in a row and then the final pick how are we deciding who goes first well i don't have a coin so <laughs> okay i wrote down a we number an, oh, between number. one and okay. ten and whoever is closest three eight it was four. Ooh. Ooh, kyle gets to go first i'll take jeremiah tillman Ooh. What would you say? What would you think if I said I was hoping you would do that? Well, the, I'll tell you why I did that. The only reason I did is because I think Jeremiah Tillman is the only player that can fill the role that he has. I, 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 I in my opinion, I feel like he can so far better play a be a rim protector and score easy buckets down low than anybody else. I wasn't even listening to what you said right there because I'm just so excited about what I'm about to do. Okay. <laughs> I feel like such a loser, but I feel like my strategy is going to go a long ways uh, toward winning people to my side on okay. Twitter. Okay, let's hear it. So with my first pick, I'm, I'm picking Drew Smith. Okay, that's expected. And then with my second pick, I'm picking Mark Smith. Okay. So now you get to round out your roster. All right, I'm going to pick Javon Pickett. And Xavier Penton. Okay, for my final pick, I'm picking Mitchell Smith. <laughs> Didn't you try so to pull something like dumb. this last year? On so there? I have <laughs> Drew Smith, Mark Smith, and Mitchell Smith. Okay, I kind of love your team now. <laughs> and yes, I did pick Mitchell Smith last year because you got Toman. All right, so let's let's hear your argument. Other than them they're, all being named they're Smith. They're all named Smith. Okay, is that that's your argument? That's oh, it. Okay, well, I that honestly is I don't know that I can argue that because <laughs> that is fact that is factual <laughs> and as concrete as it gets, and I'm kind of shaking right now because I don't know how to respond. I think the people on Twitter will love it. I mean, listeners, come on, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, Mitchell Smith. They have a commercial. That's I'm, true. I mean, they're a law, they're the law firm. They're known as the law firm. I really did just fall right into your plan. You did. Didn't I? <laughs> if wow. you if you had picked Drew Smith, I was going to be really disappointed. But I feel like a a victim of a terrible crime or something. Like you just you just controlled my brain or something. I, was, I honestly I was convinced that you were going to pick Drew Smith the really? whole time. Yeah. Well, well, is my do you think my uh, my pick of Jeremiah Tillman is is validated? I think it's a great pick. Okay. I think, or my reason for picking him, yeah. I guess, is, is validated. Yeah, I mean, I would not want to play three on three against your squad, unless I had two teammates named Smith and my name was also Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only scenario, and you have it. You yeah. have it on your hands. True. So. Great job. Oh man, that's <laughs> you've really done something. <laughs> but it'll be up for the Twitter followers to decide. Yeah. 
And we did not plan that. Kyle had no I idea. I literally what I was had no idea. <laughs> like I could just like see the like absolutely like you were like foaming at the mouth a little bit. Like <laughs> when I like when I picked Jeremiah Tillman, it kind of scared me a little bit. Like I just immediately brought this like defensive argument. Like okay, well let me tell you why I picked him because you're looking a little. I was so excited. <laughs> a little <laughs> rabid. <laughs> All right. So Kyle's team: Jeremiah Tillman, Javon Pickett, Xavier Pinson. My team, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, Mitchell Smith. We'll let the voters decide. We'll get this poll up right after uh, the podcast goes up. You know, another quick question that is not related to this three-on-three draft that I thought about asking you, and I think we may have talked about it um, off-air, if you will. Um, But quickly, Missouri was ranked 14th preseason in Bartorvik. They were picked 13th in the SEC by the media. What is more likely to happen? That Missouri finishes the season ranked 14th in Bartorvik or, or Ken Palm? 13th in the SEC. Okay, I agree with you. <laughs> you said quickly, so. Yeah, I was just wanting to. Yeah. I didn't want to. No, I, I don't think there's, I mean, for to, for Missouri to finish in the top 15 teams in the country, yeah, they would need to have a pretty flawless non-conference record, like one loss. Mm-hmm. And then win 12 or 13 games in conference, which is possible, but you just, I don't know. I just, you just don't I've win. become so accustomed to just those coin flip games going, being pretty 50 50. Or losing away games. Yeah. Almost all away games are, are losses. Right. Yeah. So it's just so, like, yeah, exactly. It's so difficult to win on the road. In conference play and the SEC while they may not the conference as a whole probably isn't quite as good as they were last year it's still a top four conference in the nation at worst so there's a lot of really good teams and just going out and getting a win against the 10th team in the country at home is tough or 10th team in the conference at home is tough I knew what you meant 10th in the country is also tough uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> All right, so we did our preview there. We did our three-on-three. Let's talk about a win. Uh, Missouri went out in their first game, their first game that actually counted towards their record, and they beat Incarnate Word 82-42. to Started out slow on offense, but then picked up the pace and just blew them out. It's exactly what you want to see when they're playing this type of team. Yeah, that's really the only positive thing that you that you could gain from this was uh, that Missouri did exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, and nobody it, got hurt. It, nobody got hurt. It's one data point. I don't want to overreact and say that this is like the greatest team ever, but it, I definitely think that the things that we talked about last week, we saw a lot of those things last night where it, it definitely looks like a lot of those core players have kind of taken the next step. Um, looks like Tillman has taken a next step, but I have to say the kid, the guys he was playing against last night were like they looked like they were like five eight white guys. So it looked like you and me out there trying to like guard Jeremiah Tillman. I'm so taller than five eight. I am also much. taller than five eight. But you get the point. So you know I am really really hesitant to say anything about Jeremiah Tillman and his development because we basically it was basically an exhibition game. Yeah. Um, Xavier Penson looked awesome. Um, Definitely looked like he was running the offense, and 
I don't know. I, he was he was he was fantastic. Yeah, that play at the end of the first half when he kind of went ISO and broke down the defense and got yeah, a bucket. That's I keep thinking of that play in yeah. my mind. But that was the kind of thing that he would do last year. Just like it looked to me like they called timeout and set that up like X, do your thing, you know, try to get a bucket, kick it out if you need to. Yeah. That was designed. Where he struggled last year was just defaulting to that abandoning the flow of the offense right. and then just trying to get a bucket in isolation. And that's definitely not what they were going for. Yeah. But the only time he did that this in this game was when they called timeout to set that up. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he was playing within the flow of the offense perfectly. And that brings me to one of the points I wanted to make was that he had five assists and Drew Smith had five assists. And that's the first time that two Mizzou players have had five or more assists in a game since Jordan Geist and Jonte Porter did it in February of 2018 against Vanderbilt. Hmm. Uh, so that's yeah. all of last season. That doesn't surprise me. They, they both played very, very well. And Pinson had those two passes that I'm thinking of, one to Trey Jackson that was just, I mean – one of the best passes I feel like I've seen in a long time. Um, and then the alley-oop to Jeremiah Tillman was just – it looked like he passed it way too high. I was like, oh, you know, just in the split second, I saw the ball going way really high. I was like, hey, there's no way he's getting that. And then, of course, he did. So um, these guys look, finally look like they've been playing together for a while. Looks like there's a lot of chemistry. Um, looks like they trust each other out there. Obviously, we're, again, playing against a terrible opponent. But I, I was encouraged. Talk to me about – Kobe Brown and Trey Jackson. I think Kobe Brown is going to be better than I thought he was going to be. Um, and I, th- I think that when I thought of him, I just automatically thought of like Kevin Perrier. And I thought of a guy who's not very athletic and can't really shoot. And I don't know, but I, I think he's going to be better than that. And it looks like he is going to be a high IQ player and more athletic than I thought. It looks like he can already shoot better than Kevin Perrier ever could. Yeah, I agree. Which is a really good sign. And yeah, I mean, he had one uh, bucket really early where he kind of had a spin move in the lane. Yeah. Just, that aspect of his game does remind me of Kevin Perrier in that he has the footwork, the IQ, the polish to his game early that you don't typically see. And it's fantastic to see him making three-pointers. I mean, that can't be overstated how big of a deal that is. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, uh, it reminds me of a player that Missouri missed out on in uh, Blake Henson that ended up going to Ole Miss. He was really good last year. Same type of player who could step right in and uh, produce as a freshman and was good from the outside. And I feel like I'm not sure how they stack up measurables-wise, but uh, Kobe Brown is kind of reminding me of that. Yeah, Ole Miss definitely hit on Blake Henson for sure. Um, Trey Jackson um, pretty much to me looked exactly like how we previewed him last week as – a guy who has a you know a chance to be really good, super bouncy. Um, he cleaned up some boards and scored some easy points um, close to the basket last night. Probably not going to be a huge difference maker this year, but um, did exactly what we would expect of him last night. And just to have a guy of his caliber and athleticism as a reserve player is such a luxury. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that Missouri has not had in many, many years. I mean, you have to go way back to find the depth that this Missouri team has. And, yeah, we're not going to expect much of him. Um, Yeah, I think you pretty much covered it there. I do want to mention the fact that Mark Smith and Torrance Watson really struggled on offense. 
everybody else kind of even if they didn't put it together for the full game they had their moments where you saw exactly what they're going to be mm-hmm. uh, we didn't see that from mark smith or Torrance watson uh, Torrance watson did get two three-pointers in the first half but then really cooled off and was kind of non-existent um they did show up on the defensive end though they both just played good off the ball defense the entire time they were out there i guess we can talk about the defense as a whole in just a sec but any worries at all about Mark Smith and, and Watson? No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> I, th- I think, I mean, Mark Smith might come back to earth a little bit. He shot 45% from three last year, which is astronomical. <clears throat> and so I don't think anybody's going to do that this year, um, probably in the entire NCAA, much less just on Mizzou. But, um, yeah, I think th- I think they're going to be fine. They were taking good shots. And um, there, there's so many guys on there's so many contributors on this team that just it's going to happen every game where there's going to be a couple guys that just don't make much of an impact and then the next game they'll they might score 15 or 20 so I think we're just going to see that a lot this year and also Mark Smith didn't play much last year so at at the end of the year so he might be a little bit rusty yeah rusty for sure he had an offensive rating of zero that's not ideal but he did have eight rebounds yeah did have some rebounds um how about Mario McKinney? I mean, I think maybe I was overselling his offensive abilities a little bit, but he might grow into it as the season goes along. But, I mean, one thing that nobody is ever going to doubt is his athleticism and his hustle. Yep. I, that's what was on display last night. I think that I, I might have said something to this extent last week, <clears throat> but he, he may never be you know a double-digit scorer, but I still think he's going to be a fan favorite because he just, like you said, brings the effort He's fun to watch. He's explosive. He plays hard all the time. He's a local guy. I, I just I think the zoo fans are gonna love him. And then I do want to talk about Javon Pickett because he kind of showed in this one game a kind of a microcosm of what I think he's gonna be his entire career at Missouri, which is just like basically the most solid player you can imagine. And the consistent effort that he puts in every single game and just does the little things getting not even getting credit for an offensive rebound but tipping a missed shot over towards Tillman or back out to a guard and just cleaning up weird plays I just think that that is so valuable for this type of team and he's not the only player that does that kind of stuff this roster is full Drew Smith uh, Kobe Brown impressed me with just him getting after loose balls and just always being a pest on defense I really think this could be uh, last year I think Missouri was ranked fourth in defensive efficiency in the SEC and I think they could very well be fighting for like that top spot in in the entire conference yeah I think I've made this pretty known um on this podcast but I am a massive Javon Pickett fan and at the rate he's going, I really think he could be one of my favorite Missouri Tigers ever. And just like for the reasons that you said, he just does, does all the little things and he's so well-rounded and plays hard all the time. Um, he's reaching like Tyler Beatty levels of love for me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, I, again, I'm not surprised that he stuffed this, this stat sheet last night because that's just what he does. So Missouri was able to close it out really uh, quite easily, and they were able to empty the bench. So we, we did get to see Parker Brown uh, along with the walk-ons, but we did not see Axel Okongo. Does that surprise you? In a game where literally everybody got to play, he did not. 
No, I, I just I don't know. I, I just don't really see him getting on the court at all this year. Um, Parker Brown looked pretty good. Yeah, he he looks like he's definitely got some uh, some tools in the toolbox for sure. Um, don't know how much he'll play either. It looked like he was in a t-shirt at the beginning of the game, so definitely was not expecting to play in anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, he totaled three minutes. So yeah, well, he still had like six points or something, didn't he? Uh, Four points. I've got him at three points. Okay, well. I was multitasking at the end of the game, so yeah, I just felt like every time I looked up, he was like doing something good. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he sh- probably should have scored on the one that uh, McKinney had the putback slam. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm, I'm not concerned about Missouri's three point shooting. I think that they probably shot too many three pointers last night. Um, I don't know how much the new three point line distance is playing into that, or if it was just kind of an off night. I don't know. They, they, I don't know how many they attempted off the top of my head, but I think it was like 31. 31. Okay, so that's a lot. And they didn't make very many of them, but they still scored like 82 points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that is a, a byproduct of one. I mean, they're playing an inferior opponent, obviously. We've said that many times, but they, they converted very well on the inside, and they didn't turn the ball over too terribly much, which I think is Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson playing well. And Drew Smith had a fantastic game, and he didn't even take a shot until the second half. Right. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we really haven't mentioned him much yet, just kind of, I think we're, that's going to be the whole season. He's not going to jump out at you as, like, the primary contributor to a win, and then you're not even going to have those plays that Jordan Geist had where you, he's just so under the radar in how he does everything, but he does it all so well that, He's a huge part of the team, but he's just not going to get talk- talked about very much. Yeah, he, he probably won't show up on all SEC lists or anything, but the, the difference in having him and not having him is is enormous. Yeah, Missouri shot uh, 65% on two-pointers last night, which is just fantastic. So yeah. anytime they do that, they're probably looking at a win, even if their three-point shooting is bad like it was. All right, so I think we've exhausted our talking points from that uh, glorified exhibition. And so let's move on to the upcoming matchups against Northern Kentucky and Xavier. So they get Northern Kentucky at home. Now, this team is 1-0. They're ranked 129th in Ken Palm, 120th on offense, and 149th on defense. Uh, the team that they beat so far is called Cincinnati Claremont. They are not a Division I team, and they uh, Northern Kentucky beat them 105 to 55, and they shot 78% on 37 two-point attempts. And they also shot 32 free throws, but only made 52% of them. Uh, last season, they finished in the Ken Palm Top 100 at 96th with a 26-9 and record. They won the Horizon League Tournament, and they were a 14 seed in the NCAA Tournament and lost to, I have down here, Texas A&M, but I'm pretty sure it was Texas Tech. I was about to correct you. It was ah, Texas Tech. But good job. You caught it before I, <laughs> I could interject. Last uh, year, they were led by senior forward Drew McDonald. Uh, but he obviously is gone, so now they are led by senior point guard Tyler Sharp and junior wing Jalen Tate. Um, 
This is not going to be a team that most Mizzou fans are very familiar with, but um, the Horizon League, they pretty much never have an at-large team in the NCAA tournament. It's always going to be the winner of the conference tournament. So Northern Kentucky was that team last year, and they're not, I don't know, they're they're not your typical mid-major that everybody thinks of. You know, they're not your Northern Iowa, Wichita State, Creighton, Butler type team. So they're kind of a step below that, but definitely one that can give teams trouble. However, uh, this is the last point I'll make and I'll let you reflect. They have two wins over Ken Palm top 100 teams since 2013. Zero last year in their 26 wins. Uh, those two since 2013 are against East Tennessee State and Oakland. So they're not known for knocking off Power 5 opponents. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Northern Kentucky. but Pretend. It, okay, I'll pretend. Um, like you said, they, they're pretty guard-heavy. they got some good, experienced guards. Um, I, I think this will be a really tough game. I, I definitely would not be surprised to see this um, be close at the end. Um, but I, I think that Missouri's guards are uh, are going to be good enough on defense to shut down their scoring guards. Um, but it looked like last night, and uh, again, terrible team. But Missouri came out and took business, took care of business, um, even though they knew the team was not going to be great. They came in and played hard anyway. And as we saw around the league. That did not happen everywhere. Um, there's there was a lot of teams that were higher ranked that 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 lost. Um, so it, that's that's very common. So Missouri came out and they they were not interested in, in losing to an inferior team. Yeah, and not only did they play hard, they played lockdown solid defense the entire game. Again, uh, right. So I, I think they I think they will will beat Northern Kentucky because I, I think they'll take him seriously. I think they'll be ready to go. You think they're gonna? blow them out by 25 no i think it, i i think it'll be close i think i think they'll win i think they'll win by 10 i'm maybe a little bit more confident just in that i think missouri actually matches up well with northern kentucky i think that this team is good and will probably win a lot of games in their on their schedule but missouri's guard depth will be better than northern kentucky's guard depth at every spot and with how well the Missouri guards play defense, I just don't think this team will be able to get much going. And they're not known for their defense. So I think I would say that we'll probably get a good game from Tillman again, which is, I think, important to get him going on back-to-back uh, solid performances. And then I also look for um, Kobe Brown to take advantage of just an inferior team I think he'll I think he'll kind of feel at home uh, with his skill set just being a better player than the forwards he's going to go up against so I kind of I like Missouri to win by 20 I hope you're right and it may be something like maybe not quite 20 maybe I, I just think that they will more or less shut their offense down I, I don't see Northern Kentucky scoring more than 57 points yeah make them shoot the three yeah now a game that we did you pick them to win against Xavier I did I did not they play Xavier 
Um, when is that game? Next Tuesday. Tuesday. So, first road game of the season. Uh, the first road game of the season has not gone well for Missouri under Conzo Martin. Last year, they got smoked by Iowa State. year before that, they got destroyed by Utah. So, I don't think that they'll turn the tide. Spoiler alert. But uh, let's talk about Xavier. They're 1-0. They're ranked 18th in Ken Palm, 16th on offense, 40th on defense. Obviously, Mizzou won last year in Columbia, 71-56. Really big win at the time. Uh, Xavier's win so far this year was against Jacksonville, who's ranked 287th. They won that one by about 20, despite only hitting 17% of their threes. Uh, this year, they are led by senior forward Najee, Mar- Najee Marshall. And they're not that big of a team uh, size-wise, but they do have a big man named Tyreek Jones. And I think uh, he... N- People didn't really talk about him much last year when Missouri played them because he hadn't really shown that he could contribute at this level consistently. But after, uh, and and Tillman kind of took advantage of that and really won that matchup between those two bigs. But as the season went on, he, uh, Jones, just got better and better and better. And he was one of the better bigs in their conference play last season. And I think he's going to be really confident at home coming into this matchup. So that's where I see maybe Missouri struggling the most is I think he'll be able to potentially get Tillman in foul trouble. And if he can do that, then, you know, all bets are off. Yeah, that's, I mean, a perfectly understandable game script. Um, and I mean, I don't really, I had no real reason to say that it's going to be a win for Missouri. Um, but, you know, Xavier was not, was not great last year. Um, so it's going to be, pretty interesting to see how they develop this year um, like you said they they shot the three ball terribly uh, but Missouri did too so if anything it was kind of a similar thing and Xavier found a way to score while shooting terribly from three so um, I think Missouri is still a better three-point shooting team than Xavier but when you play on the road and especially that like you said the first road game of the year you just don't really know what to expect and um, it's just really hard to, to win on the road so I don't know. I guess I'll stay on brand and say they, they pull it out, but I can't say that I feel super confident and I don't really know what the keys to victory would be. I guess just the guards overcoming, um, having a little size advantage and, and getting hot from three, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the guards coming coming to play and shooting well from distance is going to be the big one for Missouri. Um, and maybe just the fact that all of these guys were at the um, Iowa State game and they kind of know what it's like to go into a hostile environment early in the season. And uh, maybe they'll be able to just kind of remember back to that game and how bad it was to just turn the ball over on a third of your possessions and just kind of throw the game away like that. Um, Xavier, on the other hand, they pretty much brought everybody back. I mean, all the, I mean, like five or six of the top seven contributors are all returning. Uh, when you look at minutes and possessions used. And I think that's why Ken Palm has them ranked so highly uh, because they just expect with a Saint, with a, the core group of players that won 19 games last year, they kind of figure that they're in line to win 20-ish again this year. And um, they're, they're in a really good conference too. I mean, the Big East in basketball is no slouch, even though uh, they... They lost a coach 
um, a couple years ago. Their new coach seems to have them going in the right direction, and I think it'll be a really good challenge for Missouri, whether Missouri pulls out a win or not. Um, I'm going to say that Xavier wins this one by, like, seven or so. Yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, Missouri wins by three. I hope you're right. Is that all we have for basketball talk? I know uh, everybody's going to be disappointed that we have to talk about football, but <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed myself, but I think we'll make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll know a lot more about this basketball team this time next week than we do now. That's really exciting, although I kind of hate, I don't know, I have a problem. When I'm enjoying something like the first Mizzou basketball game of the season, I'm already thinking, ah, oh, man, Mizzou basketball is going to be over pretty soon. <laughs> and I just can't help but think, like like, he's, like I said earlier, I just want it like running all the time in my head, Mizzou basketball. So I just start to get sad that we're making our way through a season that will have to come to an end, and then I'll have to sit through the longest offseason in sports. The offseason is very painful. I expect just that whole time from like March to like August is really painful. Yeah. I mean, you get, even if your team's not in the NCAA tournament, that's still really fun. But then when you get to the, the Final Four, and the Elite Eight and Final Four, and the games are spaced out more, and it's just like, okay. Yeah. That honestly is like seriously a trigger of like sadness for me. Yeah. Whenever we get to the, at the end of the NCAA tournament, because that is truly the indicator that. It is just a barren wasteland for the next like six months sports wise. But I kind of have that like negative outlook when it comes to other things too, like like a concert. Like we get like two songs into a concert that I've been really excited for, then I start thinking, ah, it's gonna be over soon. You literally said that to me when we went to a concert together a yeah. few months ago. Like after the first song, you literally leaned over to me and said, I never want this to end. Yeah. And I mean, that, something about my brain just immediately starts thinking about the fact that this fun thing is gonna be over soon. Yeah. And it's a probably not a healthy way to go uh, to experience fun things but whatever <laughs> speaking of fun things segue missouri is going to play football again this weekend is that fun kyle uh <laughs> okay it's fun to like think about yeah that missouri has a football game that's is about it? it okay so I looked over the depth chart. Um, Kelly Bryant is still listed as, as the starter, uh, even though he was a little bit banged up and was actually removed from the game against Kentucky. Um, I saw where he said himself that he felt like he was about 75%, and Barry Odom said if they were playing the game on Wednesday, he would not be the starter. Whew. So That's not yeah, right. He has to progress a little bit, and, or else we'll see Taylor Powell, but... I mean, if he doesn't progress, uh, I don't think we want to see a hobbled Kelly Bryant just kind of yeah, I mean, not able to run. And If the know. offense was anything like it was against Vanderbilt in Kentucky, it just doesn't really matter to me who plays because yeah. they, Taylor Powell, if anything, even looked like he was throwing the ball better than Kelly Bryant was. So if Kelly Bryant is not healthy and the offense is still going to be just as bad, then I really don't care who plays. Yeah. Put Michael Wilson back there. Something. Something. <laughs> and then the only other change, well, that wasn't a change, but the only thing that I saw was that we now have co-starters listed at middle linebacker, uh, Nicholson. Yeah, and 
I probably know way too much about Mizzou football, like down to like every player, like, and I'm not that familiar with Nicholson to be okay. completely honest. So in fact, I saw him playing against Kentucky. I saw his number and I didn't know who it was, which is very rare for me to well, not know third who player string, is. Uh, middle linebacker at the start of the season. Yeah. But I don't know. I was like, who in the world is that? And I, I thought that Cam Wilkins was playing pretty well and maybe he is, but they just wanted to, uh, get Nicholson some, uh, some experience. So, um, yeah, should be interesting to see them playing against uh, Swift <laughs> and, yeah. and the uh, rest of the Georgia offense. So Georgia, they are seven and one, four and one in conference. They lost that insane game to uh, South Carolina uh, and are coming off a huge win, the biggest win of their season. They beat mm-hmm. Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame. Uh, but as far as the SEC race go, SEC race goes. Um, they won at Florida last week, and they, it looks like they're back, folks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that Georgia is formidable, at least right now, as they maybe were last year, like this time last year. Um, I still think they're a top – I think they're ranked sixth in the college football playoff that just came out, and we'll talk about that probably in a minute, but I think that's fair. I think they probably are in that range, but I think they're – still really really good and they're probably still going to destroy missouri um because their uh, their offense is is fine you know they've got a great they've got a great running back they have a a i would argue their offense is better than fine okay they've got a great (laughs) running back and they've got a a quarterback that can get it done he doesn't you know scare you to death at least athletically i don't think right he is completing 70 percent of his passes for 11 touchdowns and three interceptions so he's just being very efficient and that's all they need him to do they don't need him to go make big plays with his arm right they just need him to get the ball to the playmakers i mean their big pass plays are play are passes that he's throwing five yards down the field or 10 yards to the side and just letting his guys run yeah i think that's what i mean is i i guess Fromm doesn't really scare me but just the team as a whole and their defense i think especially is is the bright spot uh, it, i mean it's a bright spot everywhere on their team but especially their defense is, is elite yeah their defense is ranked seventh according to espn and fourth according to sp plus so like you said the bright spot i did want to mention their kicker is also excellent their place kicker he even though he kind of messed up the south carolina game for them he's 31 of 31 on extra points and 15 of 17 on field goals including three for four from 50 yards or more yeah he uh that's really good seems for a like college he's been playing for georgia forever he's like guy that wears a little goggles mm-hmm. um yeah he's he's tough as nails man and i was shocked that he lost the game or not lost the game but didn't make the game, the game t- winning, winning uh, or game tying yeah. field goal against south I feel carolina like they had a couple op- opportunities there. yeah they did so that that was honestly shocking to me but he's he's very good you mentioned uh deandre swift yeah, he's just continuing Georgia's run of producing NFL-caliber running backs, and the guy behind him is also a five-star guy. But Swift is averaging six yards per carry on the season, which is just insane. So they'll be handing the ball off a lot and challenging Missouri's run defense, Cale uh, Garrettless run defense. And it kind of scares me. I mean, most teams, if... I hear that they're probably going to just try to line up and run the ball against Missouri. I would look forward to that and say, okay, bring it on. But 
Georgia's just a different type of team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really excite me very much. Yeah, and the problem is if they decide their run game isn't being efficient, then Fromm's good, and yeah. and he there are, there are other options. Um, some of the teams that they've played and not done well against, Kentucky, doesn't have a lot of options. They just like their quarterback just gets the ball and runs with it, and he right. ran for 200-plus yards against Missouri. So yeah. um, I, I still think that Missouri's defense is, is good and, and will – maybe keep them in this game you know through two or three quarters uh it might not i don't know um i I just i don't really have any expectations for this game considering how strange of a season it's been for missouri the 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 kind of games they've lost and just the manner in which they've lost them and who they've lost to i I just don't know that i there's i don't know everything is on the table yeah, and just how deflating the last two weeks were. Um, I was telling producer Cameron yesterday, this will be the first time this season where I'll be going into a Mizzou game with without much excitement, honestly, when I turn the TV on and the game starts because, I mean, it's a familiar place for me where I'm watching Missouri football, just kind of just watching it and not really that excited about the possibility of a win. And it sucks to be back in that place where I'm just going to be kind of going through the motions, viewing it, and expecting the worst. It's very easy for me to get back to that place. But, you know, a few weeks ago, this was the highlight of the season. You know, we could not wait to get to the get to the Georgia game. Potentially, you know, in the preseason, we talked about being 8-0 at this point. Even after the Wyoming game, it's like, okay, no big deal. We're going to rattle off a few wins here, potentially be 7-1, and one, going into a huge matchup against Georgia, and that just all falls on its face. And I just, yeah, I mean, I think, I guess Missouri could potentially keep it close, but the way their offense has played the last two weeks, they can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. Can't get the ball to playmakers. Wide receivers can't catch. The offensive line can't make room in the running game. The running backs can't take advantage of what they are given. It's just been such a disaster that I feel like I'm just going to not get too excited. And if it could be one of those games that Missouri loses 35-0, to zero, I'm not going to be shocked by it. Yeah, and somehow I'm not going to be surprised if somehow Missouri makes this a game. And not I, I don't think there's really any potential for them to win this game but I, I really think that Missouri could lose this game by seven or ten points and I wouldn't be shocked because that's just how weird this season and how up and down this this team is and I don't know I, I think George, like we talked about Georgia's offense is good I don't think they are just absurdly good and Missouri's has the has the potential to be pretty good on defense and and potentially has the has the um this the strength to kind of minimize Georgia's strengths. Yeah, and I agree with you about Georgia's offense that Georgia is clearly a step below LSU and Alabama in the SEC just as a team but specifically on offense. They're just not ex- as explosive by any means. But it's Missouri's offense that gives me no confidence in this game. I mean, I just don't think, no matter how well the defense plays, I don't have any confidence that Missouri's offense will be able to do enough to even 
put them in a position to be close enough to even think about winning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm basically laying out a, a slim possibility, but I don't actually think that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. There are always possibilities. Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict that Missouri loses. So this will be the first time that I've predicted a loss this season. And I think it'll be 28-14 Georgia. Um, of course, right after I uh, start talking up, you know, the reasons why Missouri might make this a game, I think I'm going to predict Georgia 35 to three. Okay. Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, I would, I said, I specifically said 35 zero wouldn't shock me. Is that what 35 to zero? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think the, the air in the program is completely gone right now. Georgia still has things to play for. They're going to probably go on and still win an SEC East championship. They just beat Florida. So they know that that is obviously very much in the picture for them. So I read that they, that Georgia will clinch the East if they win this game. You might be right because they've already beaten Florida. And then there's everybody else has multiple losses. This yeah. one in Missouri, Missouri second loss. Yes. Jeez. So, uh, an argument could have been made that Georgia might overlook Missouri because Missouri's coming off two losses. They're not really in the picture anymore, but with the SEC East on the line, if they can clinch it with this win, that's what they're going to be thinking about. And they're going to be playing really hard. Yeah. And they're playing at home. Yeah. All we need is for it to rain. And then, uh, just is going to be really, really, really bad. Yeah. I thought you meant like if it rained, Missouri would get whatever, magical properties that the teams have been having against Missouri. No, I think I'll, I meant uh, Missouri will continue to play terribly uh, in the rain as they have in the recent history. Ah. Like against Kentucky. Oh, I'm over it, Kyle. I'm over that game. And I'm soon to be over this Georgia game. <laughs> so we're both predicting losses for the first time in a while. But hopefully uh, maybe the offense can make something happen give us something to root for going down the stretch uh we mentioned earlier that the college football playoff rankings have been announced we've been waiting for this for a while because we've been playing a game all season where we picked teams that we thought could end up in the college football playoff final four and we each have four teams on our roster i picked lsu and clemson at the beginning of the year and have since picked up Baylor and Minnesota. Kyle has number three, Alabama, number four, Penn State, number six, Georgia, and number seven, Oregon, for an average ranking of five. So he's looking pretty good. And then producer Cameron has the, to some people's surprise, number one team in the country, Ohio State, number nine, Oklahoma, number 10, Florida, number 11, Auburn. So we talked about the college football playoff quite a bit more last week and gave our predictions for the uh, top four plus the first team out and I said I thought Ohio State would be ahead of Alabama I did not think they'd be ahead of LSU but all the analytics and metrics love Ohio State so it's not really that surprising that they're at the the top of the rankings right now Um, and we did also talk about the possibility of Penn State being ahead of Clemson and in that top four and that's exactly what happened so um, 
not too many surprises. We kind of knew what the top five would consist of, um, but we weren't sure exactly how it would shake out. Um, when it comes to our little game, I believe producer Cameron has the option to change out one of his teams if he would like to. I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. All right, listeners, we'll be we'll <laughs> just sit here until he figures it out, I guess. You've had this whole like hour to figure it out? Well, I told myself don't do anything and I I don't know. All right, producer Cameron, what's it going to be? Uh, I'll do nothing. He'll do nothing. Uh, Kyle, you have any changes to make? I would think not. You are correct. And I'm going to roll with Baylor and Minnesota. Minnesota plays Penn State this weekend. So if they pull that upset, I'll be looking pretty good. And I think Baylor plays Oklahoma pretty soon. So I'll be rooting for some upsets there. LSU plays somebody. LSU plays Alabama. We're going to pick that game in a little bit. But do you have any thoughts on the college football playoff top five? Uh, I like the way it's looking right now. Okay, maybe not specifically in regards to our little game, just overall. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a little surprised Ohio State was number one, but kind of like you said, I, I mean, it's not like shocking. They they destroyed Wisconsin, who is a, obviously a great team. Um, I, I thought LSU would be there. Um, I think they've done everything. They've, they've beaten – multiple like top 10 top 15 teams i'd venture a guess if they if they get a win this weekend they'll be number one i think that you're right if alabama wins do you think they're number one yes. probably yeah i think so and clemson and being at number five was interesting um but all I they have to do though is win all their games win every game <laughs> <laughs> i mean that sounds like a lot but when you're in the acc i mean that's kind of what you got to do yeah that's the nature of college football yeah, they've got NC State, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. Yeah. Wake Forest. And then here they play in the ACC championship game, probably Miami like, or somebody yeah. in North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know. That's horrible. Although North Carolina gave them a scare earlier yeah. this season. Uh, you ready to pick some games? I'm ready. Let's see here. Last week, Kyle was perfect for a total of seven points. I missed the Georgia-Florida game because I foolishly thought Florida could win and they, they had a chance there uh, they just needed to get a stop and a score but they could not get the stop and Nebraska came through and lost to Purdue to give us both an extra point in the upset pick uh, lucky for producer Cameron they are off this week thank goodness <laughs> Uh, but we're going to start out with, uh, wait, so let me give you the totals. Uh, Kyle, you're at 49 points, and I'm at 53. So you've been gaining on me the last month or so. Start out with Western Kentucky at Arkansas. Arkansas is only a one-and-a-half point favorite at home. Oh, my word. Western Kentucky? Yeah, I guess they're, I don't know. I guess wow. I guess they're decent. I mean, on the other hand, am I really going to pick Arkansas to win a football game? Are you? I'll probably pick opposite of whatever you do here. So. Oh, my word. Uh, it seems insane that I would pick Arkansas, but I guess I'm going to pick Arkansas to win a game. I'll pick Western Kentucky. That's probably a good pick. 
Next up, Appalachian State against South Carolina. South Carolina is at home, and they are favored by five and a half. Appalachian State's pretty good, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they're like ranked like 18th or something. They or at are. least they were in the AP poll. Oh, wow. I don't know what they did this past weekend. Um, I'll pick that. I'll pick that upset. I think Appalachian State knocks them off. Yeah, Appalachian State is not in the top 25. They were 20. Uh, are they still receiving votes? Just kidding. You don't have to answer that. Yes, five. Oh, wow. Who did they lose to? I don't know. Oh, crap. <laughs> You've exhausted uh, Whatever. His I've already, I've already <laughs> That's all I got. picked him. You picked Appalachian State? Yep. I'm going to pick South Carolina. All right. Now might be here, undoing all the progress I've made. <laughs> here is quite the matchup. Tennessee at Kentucky. Kentucky, a one-point favorite at home. Tennessee is hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Yeah. This is This is easy. Is it? Sounds no. like it. <laughs> I hate Tennessee, but I kind of hate Kentucky. I'm going to pick Tennessee. Yeah, I, ha- I have to pick Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. You hate Kentucky? Yeah, I hate everybody that Missouri plays. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, here's an easier one for you to pick. Vanderbilt at Florida. Florida is a 26-point favorite at home. I'll go ahead and say if I was betting on the spread, I would take Vanderbilt. Is that like points. is that like an advice you're offering up for people that are interested in betting? Absolutely not. Okay. So you're picking Florida? Yes. Okay, I guess I got to I got to keep pace. I'll pick Florida. Oh, you wanted to pick <laughs> Vanderbilt? No. <laughs> Maybe. All right. And the game of the century LSU at Alabama of the century. <laughs> It's not. It's definitely not. The last 100 years is the <laughs> biggest game to ever Well, that's happen. what they said about LSU-Alabama like in 2012 or something when it was number one versus number two. They called it the game of the century. This is better. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is not number one versus number two, though. Well, this is still the game of the century. And Alabama's and favorite best I know six. who you're picking, and you should know who I'm picking. I'm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to go with my squad, LSU, for the win. All right, I'm going to go with my squad, Bama. For the win. Why couldn't this be in Baton Rouge? I'd feel so much better about my pick. <laughs> that is genuinely going to be a great game, I think. Yeah, uh, that is a must-see TV, as the kids say. They didn't even have TV 100 years ago. So True. a good thing it's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> we, everybody would have missed the game of the century. <laughs> do, you think, do you think whoever loses is still in the top four? They probably should be, but probably won't be. I hate that so much. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I say it's too much recency bias. If it's a close game, I actually I would think say that they will because Minnesota is going to beat Penn State. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, dismisses you. Oh, that's that's perfectly reasonable. That ain't a guess. That's how it's going to be. That's from Waterboy. Good movie. Uh, that's all I got then. Uh, did we miss anything? Uh, yeah, Nebraska doesn't play, so we don't get to pick them. All right. Well, let's see. Next week, we're talking about a a Georgia game. Yeah. We're previewing Florida. Florida, and we're talking about a couple Mizzou basketball games. And just a heads up, we anticipate having our first ever ad read next week. It's so gonna be something. Hopefully, we'll it comes keep through. It, we'll keep it short and sweet. 
and uh, it'll be at the beginning of the episode if you care to know. So yeah, look we're telling to that. people to be excited for our first step. Oh, you will be. Yes. You'll be electrified. Be excited for it. Get excited for it. Come on, it is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you hear what it is, you'll be great. You'll be. You'll be great. <laughs> you'll be great. All right. Uh, you can. <laughs> Kyle's great. Uh, That's why Kyle's going to be great. Because you be getting... great, guys. What did I say? <laughs> be great, just like Kyle is okay. every week. I will. I was perfect this past week. Even true. I said that. Yes, you did. All right. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter.com at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. If you're still listening, you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. I love how you like, point at me. Like, even at the beginning when you when you like greet me and ask me how I'm doing. You're like, how are you doing like, today, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you your cue. Like It's talking so like, like I don't know already. Bye.